I think Seth should take a bite out of it and then like he should record his reaction right. as part and of the show. And that's how it should start. I was gonna say that exact same thing. But you don't know how it's gonna start because you might say something down the line that. True. That's the best part. It's it's the core of the show of the the raw element that it has. <laughs> <laughs> if you hate it, you'll be like, ah, the fuck. I think I'm gonna rename the show to the raw element now. <laughs> I don't know why that sounds dirty. Maybe that'll yeah. be my porn podcast, my gay porn podcast. There has to be at least one gay porn podcast. What What would that be? I'm sure there's many. I don't know. There's a live porn thing. But do they talk about anything or do they just moan about everything? Wait, isn't that what, <laughs> wait, isn't that what a webcam is? Yeah, they're webcamming. They just kind of like don't do anything and sit in front of a camera. And people are like, touch your nipple. That's not a podcast, though. That's interactive. Hasn't anyone told you to touch your nipple on your podcast? Um, Touch your nipple. And he did. And I did. I totally (laughs) did. No one's ever told me before. Is this turning into the porn podcast? (laughs) It starts with a nipple touch. So I'm sad that Asia can't be present for it. She would have run out of the door. I think she's glad she's not here for it. She's going to be sad that she missed the first episode of By That I Mean, featuring our super fan, Chris O'Neill. Number one fan. Oh, yeah. No, you're our super fan. Super fan. Who's the number one fan? It doesn't even matter. (laughs) We actually refer to you as our fan. How many listens do you get? It really varies. Like, one of them got, I think, 179 listens. Oh, that was just me. One of them got, like, (laughs) 10. If I refresh, does that make it another listen? No. Oh, so it's 170. Yeah, it goes by IP. I guess, I don't know. That's awesome. people just read the name of it, or are they the ones that they share? That's what I think it is. Like, someone does a search for... Um, True Blood or something in iTunes and I have like a True Blood character name as part of the title of the episode and it'll show up under that kind of search. Yeah, didn't you talk about vampires? That or or someone actually caught wind of it on Facebook somehow and actually tried to listen to it. I was thinking, you know know that new website, Pinterest? It seems a lot of strangers look at my stuff and like it. A lot of strangers look at your stuff and like it, Chris? (laughs) How long has this, this been going on? This is the porn podcast. <laughs> Are a lot of guys Pinterested in you? Interesting. <laughs> But wait, what was I saying? Oh, here we go. <laughs> and so it begins. No. You remember I was telling you the idea of selecting quotes from the podcast, like the most outrageous quote, and then making a yeah. screen grab of it? So I think that Pinterest would be, would be really ideal for that because you can have the quote and then with that oh, quote that's true. could be the You link. could make us a photo meme. Mm-hmm. Photo memes, what, yeah. If we were to have one photo meme, what would it be? No, because we have to create it, so I wouldn't know it yet. Maybe draw it out of something we record in this podcast? Maybe. And then it'll have the quotes, and then with each quote would be a link to the podcast. We'll, we'll see what happens. Okay. We'll see if there's any Pinterest in it. I'll pin you. Pin me to the wall. Someone will repin my pin. To my, to my Facebook wall, I mean. There's a lot of stuff on your wall already. Yeah, there, that's true. There's plenty of shit on my walls as it is. I'm going to take this off. He's taking off the necklace. That would be my boyfriend, Andy. Hi, Andy. Hi. Oh, we're recording already? Yeah, we've, we've of course recording. we're recording. We've been recording. As soon as Seth started speaking louder. 
I started projecting my voice. There was a shift. You didn't project your voice. You moved your chin towards the mic. So you were no longer talking to people. You were talking to a mic. Well, but I'm still talking to people. Online? No, Jorge's talking to people online. No, I'm not. I'm rewriting stuff into Final Draft. I had to look up customers. Did you write customer? Yeah. That could have been an exciting twist in the story that he was suggesting to you. Yeah, because there's no spell check, and so I never noticed it until I found out. But what, wait, what was the original line? Maybe it still makes sense. So the line was, you, you don't know how to powder it. Your customers are limited. Your customers are limited. They have very little sewing experience. Actually, that might have worked, yeah. And are they making costumes? They can only single stitch. They can't double stitch. And something about powdering. Wigs? Can these be Revolutionary War reenactors? Is that what the script is about? Yes. Okay, then you don't need to make any big changes then. They, they can be costumes. Good to go. This is the excitement of writing a screenplay. (laughs) 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 Captured in podcast form. What's that place that uh, just got the um, Jack in the Box, is it? The um, bacon milkshake? Everyone out there in By That I Mean Land who has seen news of the new Jack in the Box bacon milkshake needs to, deserves to, be told that there is no actual bacon in it. Or milk. It's vegetarian? Vegetarian bacon. Milkshake. You know what's not vegetarian bacon? The bacon donut that I brought. That was a hammer of a segue, (laughs) but I will take it because it means me getting to taste a bacon donut. I'm going to get it. Our fan, Chris O'Neill, ascends from the farty chair (laughs) and goes to retrieve a bacon-covered glazed donut that he brought me. Don't eat it, Chris. <laughs> Those containers that you can hear opening a mile away. Did it smell good? Whoa. The smell is overpowering with bacon. Redolent of pork fat. Should I, like, cut knife? this into pieces? Yeah, can you get me a knife, Got Andy? Cut my life into pieces. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm going to have another cupcake while I wait for the bacon. Donut, yes. By the way, Andy made these amazing cupcakes. Andy made and I made horchata and mini Seth. horchata cupcakes or horchata mini cupcakes, depending on what you believe the proper order of that should be. I think it should be horchata mini cupcakes. Either way, I have dismissed the virtue and value of the mini cupcake, but Andy has proven me wrong. And you proved me wrong about Thai food. That's true. I did prove you wrong about Thai food. <laughs> Really? Do you not like that? Oh, I that's never right. liked it. I never thought it was gross. I just never liked it. You know, like like the chicken sandwich at Jack in the Box. Like, <laughs> was there a real tie in the chicken sandwich at Jack in the Food? Jack in the Food. <laughs> if you work there for long enough, you'll probably Jack in the Food. Oh my god! <laughs> I did that as revenge one time. What? Did you? I you worked did. at my dad's pizza store, and. This customer, <laughs> you know, this is going to be good, right? No, this customer called, and I don't remember why I got mad at him, but I think it was he was an asshole. So then I jerked off. I, <laughs> I like, I collected my semen. Oh my god! Oh my god! In what? Just in your hand? Yeah. In a container. In my hand. <laughs> what did you tell him when he was like, "Where's my pizza"? What did he tell me? What did you tell him? I mean, did he complain that his pizza was taking a little longer than usual? No, I think that was the original complaint. <laughs> oh, okay. It's being made with love. Actually, he ordered the pizza and then he said that 
I asked him for his phone number and he said, why do you want my phone number? I said, in case the driver gets lost. And then he said, well, if the fucking driver gets lost, then I don't pay for the pizzas. That's what it was. Ah. He deserved coming his pizza. <laughs> he had it coming. But I came in the pizza. I dropped the dough on the floor. And then I... <laughs> the whole time when I was working, every before I touched any toppings, I would scratch my balls. Oh my God. And then right when his pizza came out of the oven, I picked my nose and I would drizzle the dried... Ew. What's in your nose? Boogers. 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 <laughs> the dried boogers on the pizza. So if anyone ever suspects oh, Chris doesn't like them, do not let him cook for you. Wow. And I spit on the pizza. He deserved it though. He had it coming. He had it coming. I can't pay to get clearance to play Last Resort in this podcast. <laughs> what do you? What makes you think I can do was that show tunes? Yeah, Chicago. But you know, I had this sick smile on my face after the pizza got delivered. I was so happy knowing he's eating all of that. Maybe he didn't eat it. Maybe he was into it. Maybe he fed it to his children. <gasps> Your children are in his children. <laughs> Is that some sort of pedophilia? It's unintentional. Pizzaphilia. <laughs> You're a pizzaphile. <laughs> you have to register. <laughs> I have now taken a spirited slice of the bacon donut and I'm preparing. Do we need a drum roll? <laughs> that was an incredible drum roll, Jorge. Thank you very much. Very much welcome. Sounds are encouraged. Sounds of joy. Looks of orgasm. Bacon-gasm. <laughs> wow. Just another reminder that anything goes well with bacon, <laughs> especially exactly. sweet things. Anything also goes with donuts. Also true. <laughs> it is a universal truth that donuts can accompany anything edible and probably some things inedible. Any, do you want to try this? Um, I'm terrified, so yes. <laughs> yes, please. Anything with bacon I have to try. I'm at a lack of words for how this tastes. I'm reminded of many things like... Like sushi, for one. <laughs> it tastes like a salmon roll, smoked salmon roll. There is a similarity. I totally understand. And I think it comes um, partly from the texture, but also partly from the, the savoriness and sweetness simultaneously. Like the sweetness sort of mimics the rice. Mm -hmm. And the smokiness from the bacon is like the salmon. Your turn, Chris. And Chris, where did you get this? Uh, it was in Little Tokyo at a bakery. Was it um, near the... Where, like, the Hello Kitty store is? You know there's, like, a little plaza? Yeah, that's yeah. where the Hello Kitty store is. Andy's a Hello Kitty connoisseur. This is true. My first tattoo was of Hello Kitty. It was temporary. It was also my birthday. Chris is eating the bacon donut. His lap is eating some of it as well. I don't think there's enough bacon. I don't think there's ever enough bacon. I'm disappointed, frankly, that bacon is not wrapped around the the donut instead of um, Sprinkle. conservatively sprinkled on the top. Mmm. Lahore well, is thoroughly impressed. Reminds me of something. Is it sushi? Hmm. Maybe I set my expectations too high. 
That's always possible. Have you had um, bacon ice cream? From the Cool House truck? Oh, I haven't had theirs. Is that the one with the cookie? I've only no. had it homemade. Well, I, I didn't had... like the one with the cookie. It, was, it felt yeah. so greasy. Yeah, it tasted like fat. It didn't taste like bacon. Gross. Ew. Yeah. It wasn't just like cold fat. It kind of tasted like that. You know when you make eggs and the yolk gets stuck on the pan? And then it has that yolk fat smell? Mm-hmm. That's yeah. what that ice cream smelled like. That's Ooh, awful. That's unfortunate. You should chase that with a orchata cupcake. I was thinking about that. There's so many. These are so good. They're so addicting. Yay, I'm glad you like them. Mm-hmm. And they're mini, so I don't feel bad eating them. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like 10 of them will equal one regular cupcake. <laughs> it's 10, right? <laughs> My last best guesstimate was three mini cupcakes to a regular cupcake. I thought it was four. I don't know. It might be somewhere between three and four. It also depends on where you're getting this cupcake from. <laughs> are we going to talk shit about Asia? Let's talk about nipples. I think we should talk more about nipples. <laughs> and and model babies and babies in TRs because I love that show. Honey Boo Boo Child scares me. <laughs> I love Honey, honey Boo Boo Child. Child. She, she loves herself. Can anything be done about the Honey Boo Boo Childs of America? Have you not seen that no, trailer? It's not Honey Boo Boo Children, Honey Boo Boo Childs. I don't know how that's legal. That always confuses me. How child pageants are legal? Mm-hmm. Oh, I can't justify it. It seems like child abuse to me. I don't know. I don't know why like anyone it is. it's worse than it. it's worse than being a young pop star. Mm-hmm. Like Britney Spears or Nick Carter or all these kids. Well yeah, it's they have ten to times twice worse. as much makeup. Oh yeah, so much worse than being a child star. And half I the mean, age. I mean the whole like um kids in tiara whatever trend just started it's pretty recent so all of those kids that have been in those shows i mean none of them are teenagers yet i know i feel like there have been a couple waves of it there was a show um a few years back from the same folks who produced rupaul's drag race and it was like beauty pageant moms and dads or something like that it was a show about child pageants and like the the parents and much like hoarders or intervention, you can kind of just watch the neuroses unfolding on screen, you know? And yeah. these parents are very obviously projecting their broken, failed lives on their miserable children and over a course of years torturing them and like going so far as getting their infants plastic surgery and Botox. Botox and Leaching making them teeth. crash diet or massively overeat to get fat and cute it isn't just recent like it's come around and gone a couple times but it seems like everyone kind of says oh that's creepy and weird ha 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 and then kind of moves on and no one's ever like uh maybe we should not do that like what is who who is the person who likes it or does it like just appeal to that side of us that loves watching a train wreck i don't get how like mothers can flip out when MIA flips off the camera or when Janet Jackson's nipple ring shows, but they're okay with shows like these. That it's it seems like unless well, someone told them to be work. enraged about something, they That's the deeper point, is that no one tells them to be outraged about it. Like, because the the people who were quote-unquote outraged about MIA and who were pissed off about Janet Jackson are really just a couple, like, multi-millionaire right-wing Christian groups who get a lot of money from TV interviews every time they manufacture a fucking controversy like this and get, like, scared, sad housewives to massive chain email the FCC. Well, if you think about it, all these reality shows are a different type of controversy. Like, that's what they're selling. 
I mean, people who watch these shows don't watch it because they engage on the drama. I mean, they eventually do. They watch it because it's something ridiculous that's going on that's screen. That's also true. That's, that's also that's true. That's where the fan base comes from. Not like a mom with tiaras. They're not like really moms that want to do that with their kids. It's usually younger people or older that just I think this is ridiculous. And that's the other fucking creepy thing about them is it, if you ever see these shows like they they show shots of the audiences but then they kind of quickly cut away cuz after <laughs> about a couple seconds lingering on the audience you start to pick out the people who are definitely not family members of any of the kids uh-huh. participating right, right. and there are a lot of them <laughs> the audience is also like less than 10 people yeah they're always yeah. like empty. oh yeah they're, and it's in some like a hotel conference Friends room so, yeah like the the moms the gaffer and the grip right <laughs> right exactly and the creepy hosts I don't know where they get these hosts. Like, what makes someone qualified to judge? Why would anyone need to be? Um, I think they're judged. They they are they themselves are judged on a sliding scale of creepiness, and the higher you score, the better a DJ gig you get. What do you, what do you know about Rick Santorum, Chris? According to Google, <laughs> <laughs> Google is the foremost resource on information about Rick Santorum. So if you want to know what he's all about. Google search him. Now. Doing it. Yeah, we'll wait. Before I tell you. We'll wait. (laughs) I just think it's ridiculous that he's actually made it this far in the Republican Party. I don't understand how someone who is obviously racist, obviously homophobic, wants to set this country back 50 years, has made it this far in the Republican primaries. There are two reasons why... Rick Santorum's made it this far. The first reason is the people in the Republican base, the few remaining 27% or so, which is the assumption that you have to make about what percentage of the population is completely nuts. The 27-ish percent of people left who are Republicans are desperately looking for anyone to be the presidential nominee that isn't Mitt Romney. So if you look at polling data, who people support and who's popular at the moment, there has been consistent rises and falls over the last year of every other potential nominee who isn't Mitt Romney. So we've gone through Herman Cain and Michelle Bachman and Rick Perry. I miss them too. I really miss them. I felt like... Especially Herman Cain. It was the funniest thing on TV last season. It really... It's been a great season. Yeah, it really has. I just wish one of them made it. It's scary that he made it this far. Part of me also well, feels that the other he, reason, the other reason why he's made it this far is that he's got a billionaire sugar daddy who can cut a single check and get him enough commercials bought in a particular state to win a primary. But also, part of me wish that someone like him would win the Republican nomination because I think when someone like him is actually running against a centric like Obama, then he'll really show a centrist. How, yeah, a centrist. Sorry. He would really show how psychotic and fringe the Republican Party has gone. The guy, the billionaire sugar daddy, his name is uh, Foster Freeze, and <laughs> his name's Foster Freeze. Is Let's that start where there. Babies come from. <laughs> um, that's where babies come from. First of all, uh, I hope that in light of this asshole and what he's been going around saying, that someone names a fertility clinic after him. Now, like Rick Santorum and and this guy Foster Freeze are literally just outright attacking contraception and the idea that women are able to take a pill that prevents semen from making them pregnant when they have sex. Foster Freeze is an 
old motherfucker. Let's start with that. He's like in his early Wait, 70s. Wait, we're talking or some about shit. the. I thought you meant the owner of the Foster Freeze franchises. No, that's the best part. His name is just Foster Freeze. It's oh, F R I E S S, but he's not related to the Foster's Freeze California I restaurant. Were, I know, right? That's what I thought you meant. Like, it was, that the, was people, the first thing yeah. I thought. Have you been abstaining from the Foster's Freeze? I've for never just that had reason? a Foster's Freeze. Right, but I'm just going to put them on the list next to right. Chick-fil-A. To, boy- <laughs> to boycott. <laughs> right? Um, so this this old billionaire man who's basically single-handedly just fucking writing checks and keeping Rick Santorum from dropping out of the race says, I get such a chuckle when these things come out. Here we have millions of our fellow Americans unemployed. We have jihadist camps being set up in Latin America, which Rick has been warning about. And people seem to be so preoccupied with sex. I think that says something about our culture. We maybe need a massive therapy session so we can concentrate on what the real issues are. And this contraceptive thing, my gosh, it's it's so inexpensive. Back in my days, they used bare aspirin for contraceptives. Oh my god! The gals put it between their knees, and it wasn't that costly. Meaning that women would put aspirin between their legs, and they wouldn't be tempted to spread their legs and have sex, and then get pregnant. I don't get it. How can women listen to this and vote Republican or vote for Rick Santorum? Stockholm Syndrome. (laughs) There you go. It literally is. And I say this from 18 years experience of being born in and raised in the South. The only way that you get trapped into this bubble is Stockholm Syndrome. You have someone who's very, very close to you, who you implicitly trust in many cases with your life because they're your closest family, who convinces you that this insane non-reality is A, a past that we used to have. In other words, that things were so much better back in the day because this, this, and this were the case and that we have to return to that. And so in every case, it's always a totally fictionalized version of the past. But all it really is is a projection of their freakish ideas of the role of women, the role of men. I was shocked that was even being talked about because I've been busy at work. So I haven't been tuning in for about a week. And then I tune in and they're talking about contraception. Yeah, that's and a I thing. That's a discussion now. That's an argument now. That's a thing that's up for debate shocked. now. Even though 98% of women, including Catholic women, use contraception. Like, I, I, can't, I still can't understand why it's a dialogue, like a national dialogue. That to me is ridiculous. Like, I don't know any other first world country who would have this dialogue. Well, and of course, no one questions using health insurance to pay for boner pills. I found this article from the website Raw Story. Most health insurance covers erectile dysfunction drugs, vacuum erection devices like penis pumps, penile implants, especially if it's the result of a disease or a side effect of surgery, vasectomies, and circumcision. I don't also get why women bodies became a political platform. Well, because don't you know that women aren't able to speak for themselves? Well, see, that's the problem. Whenever someone accuses Republicans of being anti-feminist or anti-women or racist, and then they come up with stances like these, it's like, how do you not associate Republicans with, with these ideologies? And it pisses me off, things like these, when I, when people tell me, oh, who cares if you vote for a Republican or Democrats, they're both the same. Mm-hmm. And it's like, that to me is just such a passive aggressive way of saying, I just don't know anything about politics. And that's my de facto exactly. Exactly. response. And I don't want to vote. And this is why I don't want to vote because I've been told that the two parties are the same. 
Yeah, absolutely. Like it's its own bubble because you can only really convince yourself that there's no difference if you haven't taken the time to kind of learn the difference. Right. What's up, Andy? Oh, nothing. I I was looking at a group when I got it was really silly. It was oh. like movie lovers deals and one of them was like 75% off headshots because if you love movies you want a headshot no one ever looks like their headshots it's true like I looked at Jorge's headshots I don't think if I saw his headshot I would date him oh my god those (laughs) (laughs) those headshots that you saw were awful though they were really really bad but I don't no one ever looks like their headshots a lot of people do and I think when they do it's a good headshot oh I think Andy looks like his headshot. I have one on my Facebook. Facebook should be your headshot. People should just send their agents Facebook accounts. That way you get different shots of them at different lighting settings and different setups and different outfits. This is a more efficient way. And I think the headshot business is such a scam. Like people charge what they're able to get from other people. Right. Back in MySpace, there'd just be MySpace photographers. It's not even headshots. They would be photographers who would just take your MySpace photos. I think my brother hired one of them. Which one? What do you think? Oh, of course. (laughs) Yeah, he hired, I think he... (sighs) Trying hard. (laughs) It's gonna be really loud if I let that out completely. (laughs) To let what out? That the laughter (laughs) Let Um, the laughter out. (laughs) It'd be like $200, $300 and then put makeup on you. With some outfits, and then no. they would take some photos of you, and it was just like completely MySpace photographers. Did they have you hold the camera too? Were they like bathroom, <laughs> like- bathroom mirror shots oh, with wow. makeup on? <laughs> that photo perspective will make it into like VH1's the 2000s. It's part of our culture now. When the aliens come upon the wreckage <laughs> of our species, they're going to wrongly identify that as the pinnacle of our cultural achievements. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> I always wonder that, like, if aliens come and nothing is left of culture, you know, maybe it's just something really, really stupid or really dumb that's left, and they assume that that was our culture. Well, in fact, like, even looking at our award shows, aliens who saw what we nominate and vote for for our awards that we give to cultural products, whether it's Oscars or Grammys or whatever, are completely not representative of what people actually like and what people actually think is quality. Well, you were just saying the demographic of the Academy Awards. Yeah, there's this uh, article in Shortlist Magazine, shortlist.com. It's been a common complaint for years that the Oscars tends to favor white men above all others. Although there have been a few attempts to redress the balance and re Recent years, it's still a predictably staid system. A new study by the LA Times has revealed that it's even more old-fashioned than we thought. They claim to identify 5,112 of the secretive 5,765 members and found some depressing statistics. Oscar voters are 94% white. Oh, wow. 77% male and have a median age of 60. Wow. People under 50 make up just 14% of the Academy. Jesus See, Christ. and then they wonder why young people do not watch these shows. Yeah, I, I haven't watched them for years. Sometimes I wonder if we should, if I should just watch Twilight and watch these shows just to understand where our culture is heading. Because just because I don't think you need to watch them to fully understand it. I, I actually I mean, think that's the, the problem. Is this the mass? Is this what ma- the masses want, or is this what the perception they're putting up? I think it's what the masses are fed. But they, what they really want more of is just new stuff. The masses always want new. 
those who make the stuff that goes on to make the most money obviously are multinational corporations and they operate out of a place of fear. So they naturally go toward the thing that's already made money in one form or another. So it's, it's going to be a book. It's going to be a cartoon. It's going to be a movie that's already been a movie. I think if there were better stories made by those particular organizations, then people would eat those up too. And sometimes one or two of those slip through and actually get made. And occasionally the Academy legitimately recognizes those. Even the, in the median age of 62 is incredible to me because my parents are like 62 and uh -huh. 63. Uh -huh. And to contemplate for one second what their tastes are. Yeah. Compared to my own, but even compared to like 30 year olds tastes are just so wildly different as to be like a completely different species. Maybe they should get younger voters and well, voters they, of different... I mean, there's younger people that are members of the Academy. I think they just either don't vote because they don't care or... Because, I mean, every member of the Academy can vote, right? Yes. I mean, there's a lot of actors that right. are like, I think there's sometimes non-voting members or something like that, but... Because, I mean, some of our clients at the agency, I mean, they're young. They're like, okay, and they're... 40s that's young compared to that I mean by early 40s or like 30s and they get like screeners and stuff so that means they can vote but I'm guessing most of these people just don't vote and it's just the old ones that don't have anything else to do that just sit down and that's the problem with our country is that all people vote I was I was, I was going to say that was exactly going to be my transition that's exactly what happened in 2010 young people turned out in historic numbers in 2008 to vote in the presidential and all the associated elections but in 2010 young people stayed home as they always do during midterm elections and the people who voted were predominantly old white scared people now, I'm not sure that young people could flood the academy in the same way that young people could register to vote. And unfortunately, Republicans are trying to pass laws in states across the country to make it specifically more difficult for young people, the very elderly, and for poor people to vote. Democrats. Exactly. <laughs> but yeah, that's, that's very strange. It's funny. But it's so, again, completely non-representative of what people actually like. That said, I missed so many movies last year that I, I can't really tell you what should have been nominated that wasn't. But, I mean, I feel last year we saw very little movies that excited us. Yeah, was I, very didn't really, I didn't yeah. really want to go to the movie theater. Like, there's no... It's like either. we almost have to think hard about what we want to go see. We even... We saw Hugo and we hated it. Did you watch it? I didn't see it. I, I didn't hear very good things at all. Really? Everyone I... Tell them that I didn't like it. Get shocked. Yeah, they're like, they we loved it. It was shocked. such a good story about movie making. I was like, was it? You didn't even know who the main character was till like an hour into it, and things just kept happening and never resolving. And then, like, what you thought was the main conflict got resolved in forty-five minutes, and then you're just waiting for the next conflict, and then the resolution never happened. And I got into an argument with my brother about it, and then his con his last argument was like. He goes like Jesus. He didn't have to do anything. Wow. <laughs> yeah, because Jesus did not multiply a bunch of fish and walk on water and come back to life on the third day and made water into wine and all that Raise people from the dead. Yeah, no, no. Yeah, I just, I had no desire to see Hugo, but it, like, it seems in general that, like, the, the big, at least the big, big studio pictures are becoming more about just the roller coaster ride, the technology whiz bangs. They're becoming more like blockbusters. 
Yeah. But I wonder if that's just temporary because they're all happy with their 3D toy. And then that's well, going to fade and it's going to go back to the story. Well, I feel like you always have the story ones. They always filter in. But you'll always have the blockbuster too. My problem is more when movies became corporatized. Like a just thing. a subdivision of a larger corporate entity who's more concerned with short-term profits than long-term profitability or long-term viability or quality of the product. I shudder to think what a studio could do with $300 million that isn't make one movie. I mean, sure, you introduce a lot more risk if you make 3,000 really small movies, but... But that's something I was telling Jorge about is that that's that's what makes me so excited about technology and things like iTunes. When you hear like little directors making movies on their 5Ds and then having like sales in 500,000 numbers and up. What concerns me about the technology like iTunes is that it's becoming siloed in the same way that music became siloed by the record industry. Companies like Apple are looking to make their own warehouse where you keep all your music, but they actually own and keep and retain all of it and retain all the rights and retain everything. Like the studios themselves, like the film studios actually were trying to get together on one downloadable file format that they would be able to basically control and check out every time you watched it and keep track of what you did to make sure that you didn't pirate it and send it to anyone else. And of course it completely fell through because they couldn't figure out how to share the profits among themselves. Even that goes into decisions you make when you're making a movie. You know, so while the technology to make movies has become democratized, I don't feel like the distribution is there yet. At the same time, the studio system's traditional distribution model completely collapsing in on itself pleases me greatly. Yeah, and that's... That's what I aspire to do. You know, just like to, to aid in that downfall. Cre create, I don't know, just create movies, create art, and just sell it to the audience without the interference of these big studios. That's why, like, passing laws that would limit that freedom is a big push that they're making. And they make it about piracy. And they did a study in Switzerland. They realized actually piracy doesn't hurt the profits of the entertainment industry because when you don't buy a DVD, you actually have more money to spend on entertainment products because your budget for entertainment is still the same. Exactly. And let's not kid ourselves and say that if you're going to a theater, you're not profiting the same company right. or group of companies that you would otherwise be profiting. Right. It's just because they're trying to save as much money as they can. Yeah, exactly. Because they're not making as much. Even if that cuts into people's ability to create and express themselves bugs me that people here who make laws have no understanding of economics. I took two economic class and I feel I understand more because every time they talk about economic well, they theory do, and every time they, just they make it, it doesn't suit make themselves. any sense. That's to suit the people who currently make money who also donate that money to them. The people who write those laws are being lobbied mm -hmm. by the people responsible for making and distributing and profiting from the entertainment product. So I mean I even wrote Karen Bass who's the congressman congresswoman in my district um, and she's pretty much one of the most left Democrats mm -hmm. like one of the most left people in the Democratic Party I can imagine and I wrote to oppose SOPA and PIPA the, the two internet censorship bills that were recently defeated and she basically wrote back in support of them 
her response, I could tell it was personalized to me, but she was basically parroting entertainment industry talking points that like the entertainment industry creates quality middle class jobs for Californians. I feel it's my duty to protect the ability of creative content providers, you know, of course, using the fucking industry term content. (laughs) But yeah, like I I feel like filmmaking and storytelling started dying about the time that movie making became about feeding a larger entity's bottom line than about just making movies. But I mean, another cool thing about it is uh, about the technology is that it's easier to build your audience as well. Although I am a horrible example of that is the by that I mean podcast has tens of of dedicated listeners. But now I want to turn my attention to a project my boyfriend Andy is working on. Yay! Tell us about the music video you're working on, Andy. Let me pull up our Indiegogo campaign page. Oh, okay. It's at indiegogo.com slash ASR. I'm going to be working with the director, Seth's neighbor, Jessica Lopez. And what she has here is... It's a post-apocalyptic world of space pirates and smugglers of the year 3012. The Gypsy Starship is on the move through this Sysum Nebula galaxy. While on a quest spreading futuristic beats, the Gypsy Starship is taken captive by supreme feminine species. With their minds and bodies being controlled, how can the captain and his crew escape? So basically it's hot chicks stealing the, the Gypsy Man. What's the, who, who's the band? Space Gypsy Man? His name's Gypsy. He heads a band, um, Alien Sex Rehab. Alien Sex Rehab? Yeah. That's awesome. They're really cool. I feel like it's the most appropriate word. You missed the premises about the music video. About feminist space pirates and gypsy (laughs) men. That's true. That's pretty much what it's about. Mm -hmm. Did you tell you the name of the band? Alien Sex Rehab. Alien Sex Rehab, and it's S-E-C-X. I don't know why there's a C in there. Or an X, it could have been a C-K-S. I feel like that would work well as well. And you're styling for it, you're getting the costumes, you are... How many people do you have to dress? Fifteen. Wow. Yeah, it was originally six looks, and then it went to to fifteen. That's awesome. Yeah. That should be fun, though. It is, it's a lot of asking people for things and running around, but I like that. Do they pay you for the clothes or do you have to like buy them out of your own pocket and then return them? I'm actually trying to get all the clothes on loan and rental from like showrooms and PR firms. Well, if they have um, insurance, that should work pretty good. You said they had insurance, right? Yes. That's awesome. Yes, we confirmed we have insurance, which is really nice. So I can go to these places and tell them that your shit will be taken care of. Because <laughs> they were not going to be taken care of before. <laughs> Right, exactly. Certainly not after. <laughs> Possibly during. Do you have? Did you give out the address of the Indiegogo? Yes, it's, it's indiegogo.com slash ASR. That's a really easy address to remember. I think. And briefly describe the look of it. What kinds of costumes and looks you're going for? Well, for our ladies, it's, um, I think, fembots meets, like, I guess, like, that rude girl vibe and a lot of funk. And I'm hoping we can get afros or at least one. And a lot of fun bangles and stuff. And we're using briefers and thongs because I'm not using tights anymore. <laughs> What's the difference Be- between thongs and tights? Thongs are, are undergarments and tights are accessories. So, so are thongs the same thing as pantyhose? No. Is it pantyhose or pantyhose eye? 
Chris, thongs are the ones that split you in two. Yeah. Thongs are underwear, and then... Oh, oh, okay, I yeah. get it. Yeah. The yeah. underwear with, like, the little string in the back. Oh, yeah. You can pull it, and, like, I don't know what happens. My, my last girlfriend used to wear these thongs that go up to, like, the middle of her back. What? How does that happen? When was your last girlfriend? It was when I turned 21, and uh, we got together... And then I went to Japan, and then I cheated on her with men and women, <laughs> but mainly men. <laughs> and then I came back, and I told her that, and she said that we can work through it. But I don't know if she understood what cheating on her with men meant. She, she kind of like brushed it off. She's like... Oh, that's interesting. I guess we will tackle that later. Oh, <laughs> like, she oh didn't want to address it. Right. She just kind of tabled the issue. Right. I would feel bad because she would wait for me on AIM and she'd always be eating cake, which I just thought was a bad idea. <laughs> wow. <laughs> the bad idea was telling you that she's eating cake, like, all the time. Why would you do that? Was that her thing to do, <laughs> like, whenever you left? I'm I don't cake. know. I think... Well, it was, we got together and then I lost my... I'm eating my, cake naked thinking of you. <laughs> no, we, we got together, I lost my virginity to her and then I went to Japan. It all happened really fast. And then in Japan, I had a lot of different sexapades and... Sexapades. I met... Uh, so you went, to, you went to Japan to do what? To teach English was my excuse. Okay. But mainly it was just to get away. Because I just, I got to a point where I got really confused and I didn't know what I needed to do and... My parents were just so loud and I couldn't think for myself, so I just needed to get away. I think everyone should go travel by themselves. Like, I learned so much about myself just living there. Then I met someone on the airplane who I initially did not stand. It was like, oh, who is this guy? He kept talking about clubbing and I was really shy. I was a nerdy, shy kid with like Dragon Ball Z t-shirts and like, (laughs) you know, I didn't want to party. I didn't want to talk to anyone. I just kept to myself. And then before you knew it, I was like blowing this guy outside of clubs, like on the street with people going in and out. Wow. Yeah. He was like the first guy I had like sexual men, sexual experiences with. Who is not part of my family members? Whoa! <laughs> <laughs> no, the can, of, the cans of worms just keep getting open. This, this tangent is hard on us right now. I don't like this tangent. <laughs> <laughs> let's stay away from incest for this episode. <laughs> let's let's table the incest. Oh let's table God. the incest until episode twenty. Yeah, we ended up fooling around a lot. And then uh, we went to bathhouses together. Yeah. Like, you know, not not to shower. Not we to shower. <laughs> we showered eventually, but that was not our intention going there. Wow. And had you ever done anything remotely like that before Japan? No, never. I was, I've never had sex until like two weeks prior to going to Japan. Wow. That's a jump off the deep end. It was really intense. And then the funniest story that happened to me there is I was talking to this guy online. Oh, here we go. I lived in the southern part of Japan, and this guy lived in the northern part of Japan. So I thought it'd be cool to take a sort of a week-long train trip to go up there. But then I showed up, and you know when, like, they tell you don't meet people online because their photos never look <laughs> like they do? Yeah. It was a very long train trip, and it was all up. It was a northern part of Japan that was all snowy. That sucks. And I got there pretty late. It was, like, the last train that I was taking there. It was a very awesome trip, though, because I don't think I spoke to anyone for a week. 
Oh, wow. And I was just writing for a week, so it was really,、mm. really amazing. Very meditative. It was until I got to where I got, <laughs> and then I saw this person, and he was probably half the height I thought he was gonna be. I mean, I don't mind people who are shorter than me, but he was. Significantly, he was almost like a certified dwarf, and then he he just looked really eerie. He looked way better online because eerie, like Gollum, because like, he took pictures of、like、a different a, person. Maybe. No, maybe or different angles. Something was odd about him. You know when you meet someone and you think they might be a serial killer. Oh, I I'm very good、oh, at reading people. And most people just give everything away with their eyes, so I totally understand what you mean. Right. And he was at a train station, and he looked at me, and I looked at him, and I'm like, "Ah,、oh, I can't hide. I'm the only white person here. He knows." It's too late. Yeah. It's, it was too late, and it's it's one of these moments where your mind tells you, "Get the fuck out of here." Just like But, keep walking on past him. Right. But then. Part of you, the, I guess. <laughs> I guess the part that like doesn't want to offend takes over. It's like、I'll、that's very Japanese. Of you. I'll be polite. <laughs> oh my god! So I, I don't know. It's weird. It's like why do you, why do I do these? Where it's like my intuition says one thing. I think a lot of people do it. But anyway, I went home with him because I didn't know where else to go. It was snowy. It was like eleven at night, and then. We're like walking and talking in the snow, and he's like, "Do you like water sports?" I'm like, "What the fuck?" I was like, "Oh yeah, that sounds fun." And I thought, you know, we're gonna go skiing or something the next day. <laughs>、yeah. I was like, you know, at least he's not my type, but at least you know we could do something fun. And then we get to his house, and he lives in a studio, and it's like porn videos wall to wall. <laughs> <laughs> it was all like porn movies, and then he's like, "Do you want to shower?" I'm like, "Yeah, let's shower." And then he asked me if he could pee on me, and I'm like, "Well, might as well." <laughs> <laughs> Why might as well? Well, I mean, what else would I say? No. You could take that. Would be an option. <laughs> <laughs> that was that was the other option. I mean, I, I didn't want it to be awkward. I was gonna. <laughs> I think it was already awkward. So after the cross country train ride, right? You might as well get peed、yeah. on. So I don't know. He peed on me, and then it felt weird, and then I peed on him. But then it didn't feel hot. He was getting turned on, but I wasn't getting turned on. I just felt it was like a shower that smelled a little. Oh God! <laughs> I mean, Gag was, so was this peeing like while the water was running or prior to it? Yeah, I would like get on my knees and he'd pee on my face and my. <laughs> he peed on your face? Yeah. How many times? Just once, and then I peed on him, and then we like did stuff, and then we went to sleep, and then the next morning I woke up and. Well, you woke up. That was the first <laughs> surprise. That was, that Waking actually, up the next morning and not surprise. being dead. And then he said he wanted to go to school, or he had to go somewhere, and he wanted me to go with him. And I'm like, no, I'll stay home. I'm tired. And then he told me to not leave, and I said, all right, I won't leave. I'll. Why would I leave? I'm having such a great time. <laughs> <laughs> It would be so rude of me to leave. <laughs> I decided to be rude, and the second he left, I I grabbed my shit and I ran. And I didn't know where I was. It was like this snowy little town, and I found a girl, and I asked her where the train station was. If she was into water sports, because <laughs> <laughs> if you are, is everyone here into water sports?、Oh、is this how you guys keep warm? She's like, do you mean skiing? <laughs> 
So and then, you're like, yeah, I thought it was the only <laughs> one. <laughs> yeah, I just found a train and I took the train way back back home. And did you take the midnight train going anywhere? That was actually the song of my life when I was there. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah, you wouldn't believe it, but it was. Everything in that song fit. But the weird part is that a couple. Hold of, on to that feeling. And the pee splashing off your face. Ah! <laughs> Were you looking down when he was peeing on you or looking up? No, looking up with my eyes closed. Did any of it get in your mouth? No. I mean... Did any of it get in your eyes? Because that can be very bad for your eyes. No, I had my eyes closed. I heard it's good for if a squid bites you. If a squid bites me? Jellyfish, that's it. If a jellyfish bites you, like, you're supposed to pee on it? I wish a jellyfish You're supposed to pee me. on the jellyfish, right? To teach it a lesson? No. <laughs> no. Oh, you I mean, pee you on could, the, you're you supposed to pee on the You could teach it a lesson by peeing on it, I'm sure, but... Well, you'd have to get it out of the water and then pee on it to teach it a lesson. I think getting it out of the water is enough lesson for the jellyfish. I think it would sting you again. Maybe. Maybe it would be worth it, though. I wish I got a jellyfish bite before I got peed on. I think that <laughs> would have had some redeeming off, quality. Right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. But then the weirdest part about that story... That's not the weirdest <laughs> part. Oh, I love this so it's, much. I got a message on YouTube a couple of months ago... Oh, my God. ...from someone no. saying, Oh, I can't believe it's you... We met in Japan, and I thought it was like one of my students or something. And I I messaged I messaged the person back. I was like, "Oh, how cool! How are you? Who is this?" And he's like, "Oh, we met in Sapporo, which is the snow town." He's like, "You were the best thing that happened to me that year." Oh my! And I'm like, god. "Oh my god!" Wow. I'm like freaked out. What if he like finds out? Cause my screen name is the same everywhere. So what if he finds out? You know, one day he shows up. Jorge would understand. <laughs> <laughs> I'll sleep with a knife. <laughs> if you wake up one morning to that old familiar feeling, <laughs> you'll think it might be Jorge for one second. <laughs> oh my God. But then you'll know. I'll be miles away running. <laughs> he wouldn't even wake Chris up. <laughs> oh God, that Asian guy breaking in. I bet it's the pee guy. And just slip out the window. Take Pudger with you. <laughs> I think if he was attractive, it would have been made it a lot better, but he looked, he creeped me out. I can't even imagine a possible level of attract uh, of attraction that can make peeing enticing to me, much <laughs> less like feet. Oh, feet? Oh, yeah. Oh, you don't like feet? Not sexually. The Do foot you? fetish what? baffles I mean, me. Like, uh, not a foot fetish, but like, my feet feel good when like feel yeah when they get touched. but you're not like someone that loves to get their toes sucked or like no. something like that yeah like you stuff. don't get hard when you get your foot licked that's what a foot fetish is i dated someone that did it was really like weird. who wants their toes sucked and who responds to their toes being sucked and the way that they would respond to their dick getting sucked oh no that's Those like my nipples it. that's not my feet <laughs> <laughs> another reason i'm glad asia can't God. be here for this because I, boy, I, would, boy does Asia not love nips. I strongly disagree with her about I that I could not disagree more. It's like, how could you not... It's like having two clits on your body. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> it's like having two extra penises on my chest. Wow. Wow. Isn't it? That that imagery was not pretty. That was no, really I mean, that was like, vigorous imagery. No, but I mean <laughs> it's having more like sexually sensory parts on your body. How can you not like that? If they're your toes, I I don't know if I like it too much. 
But like, that's the thing though. I I think feet are like a psychological fetish, where there's something that it connects to. There's something other than just feeling good. Yeah, something. It can't weird. just be feeling good. Uh-huh. Cause I mean, like I I appreciate a foot rub as much as the next man, but that, that I don't appreciate it in that way. Uh-huh. I heard um, Quentin Tarantino has a foot fetish. Oh, oh yeah. You you heard? I read. It's actually. like written all over every movie he's ever made. Is that why it's in Wiggle Pulp Fiction? The big toe. <laughs> and there's a whole thing about foot massaging in Pulp Fiction. There is. Yep. Yeah, it's there's true. a whole like dialogue about giving foot massage. Marcellus Wallace's wife. Mm-hmm. I think if Asia, if you don't want your nipples, you can send them to me. Oh my god! I'll attach them on my body. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Would they be on your chest? Uh, or on my back. I have a, I have ones on my chest already. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I mean, I, I think your chest is pretty much taken up. Mm-hmm. Your back's just your back. It's There's nothing but back there. And that's just prime land waiting to be filled with more sex organs. Right? I guess. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> like right? waiting for <laughs> confirmation. Someone please agree with my back nips <laughs> idea. I really want back nips. <laughs> I don't think I, I need anything on my back. It's pretty sensitive sexually. Is it, Am I the only one that's... Yeah. What? I don't know. You've got some sensitivity in the back region. I don't think that's abnormal. Like from things like foot fetishes and diaper fetishes and... What's a diaper fetish? Furry fetish. You don't know what a diaper fetish is? It's expensive is what it is. It's a, a very expensive fucking hobby, <laughs> first of all. It means that you like getting dressed up in a diaper. Um, oh some my. people even like getting changed um, and and living like an adult baby. Like an adult diaper? Wait, do yeah. these people actually have sex? Like In diapers. I've seen something about an adult baby. Have you seen that? Uh, I saw a show on TLC about it or yeah. like a little thing about the show. I didn't actually watch it. Well, what's creepy it. is that I've seen two kinds of adult babies. One is the sexual type who does it for the sexual thrill and does mm-hmm. it with sexual partners and does it as an as a sex act. The other kind is where they like live with their mothers. Yeah, that's the, that's one, the one I saw. Yeah, I saw that one. Yeah. And he like gets social security and I'm not sure which of those is freakier. I think the one who lives with their mother is freakier. I think that's freakier because I wonder if they're not the same type of adult baby Mm -hmm. and if that's that person's particular way of like, if they've been so repressed in their sexuality Uh that it's literally like gone full Oedipal. But they like have rooms like babies. They have big cribs. I mean, that's the one I saw. He had a big crib. Yeah, totally. But at the same time, he was like, he is totally capable of building stuff because he built all that stuff himself. So you wonder how like disabled mentally he is that he can't get a job and, you know, just get on social security. And that's why we shouldn't have any governmental programs. Right. Well, luckily... Because the, di- the guy in the he diaper... He wasn't a blah person. It's true, he wasn't blah. But if he was blah, then he would be abusing the system. After they're done hating on the gays and the the immigrants, like the Latin immigrants, who are they going to jump on next? We should play a guessing game just to guess who will be the next scapegoat for, of the Republican Party. Yeah, Andy, who, be- who should we blame next for all our problems? Unwed mothers. Oh, yeah, we're basically... Yeah, they're already we're there now. That. Yeah. Oh. Because, um, you know, they decided to have that sex. And if you don't carry that baby as a consequence of your 
horrible sinful act, then Jesus will weep. Unwed, illegal Mexican gay mothers. I knew one. That's the worst. What about their illegal gay anchor babies? Anchor babies? That's another horrible term that Republicans made up. Anchor babies. Hold on. Are, is this like a baby that like has a mic and delivers news with like a dub in the background? That, <laughs> that'd be cute. Baby Tom Brokaw. <laughs> I was actually an anchor baby. Were you? Yeah, because my mom, when she was pregnant with me, they flew here, and I was born in Nebraska. But I was, but I was really? raised, yeah. Omaha, Nebraska, but I, they just did it. They just, they just did it Corn so I can have. Corn-fed Nebraska boy. Yeah, but they just did it so I can have the citizenship. And 21 years later, I gave it to my mom. So I mean, it's like they don't see how these are real people. Like, that's the thing about scapegoating. In order for it to work, you have to completely dehumanize the people that you're doing it to. Mm -hmm. That's why people who immigrate here and run across the border just become illegals. Mm -hmm. You know, it's when you can turn them into a thing that sounds scary enough to hate, that's when you feel like it's okay to blame them for things that aren't actually their fault. The consequence of overreacting to that is acres and acres of crops going completely unharvested, which is... I think it's funny. Like, So it, it would be funny if it weren't sad. Well... Given like the number of people in this country who are malnourished. But you hope that that would make them change their beliefs about it, you know, but... Well, someone needs to come out and say, well, you know, all these white people who are saying that these uh, Mexicans are stealing their jobs, you should go pick up the crops. Here's your jobs. Like, they've been given back to you. Now go pick up these crops. Absolutely. Pay them Walmart wages. Right. See who does it. I hate Republicans. <laughs> <laughs> if there is an overriding theme to this entirely tangent-based show... <laughs> It's pretty much pointing out the bad shittery of the Republican Party. Because really, you can have honest disagreements, and and then you have just bullshit that needs to not be said anymore, because it's not true. The difference of opinion and utter tribal fear-based buffoonery are two different things. But we'll have to pick that up another night, and... Shit, yeah, it's 11. It's time to walk Pudger, or he'll pee over our carpet. Or he'll pee all over your friend from Japan. Who's <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> Poor Pudge. This has been an episode of By That I Mean. With a very, very different set of guest <laughs> co-hosts than normal. But I, I've loved being here with each of you. And I'm glad you could all come over. And I hope to do this again. Thanks. I had fun. I'll be less nervous next time. I have very big shoes to fill. It's true. Asia has huge feet. <laughs> um, you can like our show at facebook.com slash by that I mean. You can tweet me at MFP Seth. Um, Chris and Jorge, do you have anything to plug? To what? To plug that you're working on. Anything you want to talk about? I have about to plug my on? laptop. It's going to die soon. Oh. Um, I don't know. Not at the moment. Well, I mean, you and I, Seth, are I'm hoping to collaborate with you on these uh, Obama Cares videos that I want to produce this oh, yeah, year. You guys keep talking about that. I want to do that as yeah, well. I think it's important to tell those stories. And I realize like... I think it is. I think it's very important. And Jorge and I agreed that instead of me getting angry and ranting about stuff, I should just make stuff. So that's that's been my goal this year. It's part of why I do a podcast. <laughs> <laughs>
so I'm not just yelling these things at my poor mother during phone conversations <laughs> or at passersby on the street. So, and or then, my boyfriend. <laughs> and there's two other pieces that I want to work on this year. So I'll be sharing more about those later. Nice. And I hope you will come here to talk about them. Yeah. And until then, um, I'm Seth. I'm Chris. I'm Andy. And I'm Jorge. Bye-bye, everybody. <laughs>